Hello and welcome to another edition of the One Love, One Planet podcast. This week it's a bit different. Last November, BCFM as a station devoted an entire week of its programming to our planet and the changing climate. Um, So lots of programmes had conversations about this in various different ways. Um, So I have picked out some of the best bits um, which will appear in this week's podcast and the second part will be next week. I hope you enjoy it. Stop the press. It's BCFM's Earth Week this week. Yes, a week devoted to our planet and climate. I'm pleased to welcome Councillor Kai Dodd into the studio. So we declared a climate emergency, I think it was in November 2018. Right. So we set a goal of um, Bristol as a city becoming climate uh, carbon neutral by yeah. 2030. Um, it's going to be very challenging. We're doing well, but it's going to be very challenging to get to that 2025 goal. Mm. The, the, the big issue that we're having problems with is around fleet because it's really, really difficult to get hold of electric vans. So there's a huge waiting list and, mm. um, and also you need the infrastructure around that. It's BCFM One Love Breakfast, and just before we start on the movie news, we're chatting to Penny, who is bringing in some variations of vegan sausages for us to deliberate over who, on which is the best one. Is that what we're doing? Right. This I've... is live sausage tasting. Ooh. Oh, proper plate. I like these plates. I've got um, glisten of the ketchup. Are there, um, how many different sausages are we tasting? There are five different kinds of sausage. Uh, Well, you can, because I've made loads of them. It took forever, and I really hope that I haven't overdone them in the microwave. You came in on the right show, mate. I'm I'm, I'm happy with my life choices right now. Um, so, and I have bread, and I have oh, tomato ketchup. ketchup um, and the, my most, the thing I've really got to do is make sure I give them out in the right order, because you're only going to know them as sausage one, two, three, oh, four, and five. Yeah, I think I think what we want is we want a verdict on taste and texture, and then a mark out of ten. Cool. Okay. And just to clarify, yeah. are these meat sausages? No, or they're all vegan. vegan. All vegan they're sausages. All vegan. Okay, that's that's awesome. So what we might do is, rather than doing the all five, yeah. we'll do like three or two, and then and then we'll do the other three or two a- a- afterwards. Yeah, do, do that. Uh, uh, we'll split it up a little bit. Yeah. Stretch the sausages out. Grace, you're here to talk about food production processes and waste, aren't you? Yes, I think that I will actually focus on waste. When you you are uh, you throw away your leftover, you're, you're basically contributing to climate change in a negative way. And, but when, if you save your food to eat uh, uh, later, it actually helps. Why is this important? It's important because uh, the biggest cause of climate change in the global food system, um, it, which is actually responsible for CO2, um, is food. And we have, according to the NU, it's estimated that a third of all the food produced in the world is thrown away before it gets to the table. Wow. A third of all the food produced in the world is thrown away before it gets to the table. That just seems Mm. like a humongous amount of waste. The, The food chain is 
crazy. When you look at how it, it, it happens, it's really crazy. And I think that restaurants, um, everyone involved in food should try to do something about it. And when it comes to us personally, that is where I want to focus on, is, um, is that to fight climate change, we need, for example, not to just waste our food and throw it away. Every time that you save your food to eat later, you're actually playing a positive part in saving uh, um, uh, the planet at your level. I think women are very good in general at making food last longer. So, for example, um, in America, I know um, there's a, a dish called gumbo. Mm. Oh, okay. yeah, gumbo. We um, have that as well. In Jamaica, in the Caribbean, mm. there's a dish called Saturday soup. Mm. And they all come from the same kind of derivative, which is um, vegetables, um, a lot of stock, meat. You put everything in and you keep boiling it down. You put your seasonings in there, your, your herbs, your spices, you put everything in there and it, 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 it just forms into a beautiful soup. And then every day you add to this based on stock water, you add more vegetables oh. and you keep going. And this, this dish can last for a whole week. Wow. Because, because you keep eating it. You so. keep adding to it. So mm. when it reduces, you keep adding to it to keep it fresh, mm. to keep it fresh, keep it going. We don't have that. And when you, when, you, when you, you know, after you've finished in the evening, you, you cool it, you put it back in the fridge, you bring it out again, mm. you eat it and you keep adding <laughs> to it. Yeah. And this, this soup is That's nutritious amazing. and it's sustainable. Because it can keep a family, um, uh, 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 just keep a, a family sustained for a week. I mean, admittedly, after a week, you don't want any soup anymore because <laughs> you're souped out. But the point is, you yeah. know, usually women are able to keep um, a dish going for mm. a lot longer than, than normal. Than of normal. course, women and men can do this naturally. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. so I think so, the important thing as well is not to buy too much food, to yeah. try and plan your meals throughout the week. My mum always like planned ahead five days. She was worked part time. Mm. My dad didn't do any of the cooking at that point. He's a really good cook now, but he worked very long hours. And so she planned every meal. We never bought more than we needed. But I think there is a bit of a tendency these days to actually just purchase a lot more than you need. And then suddenly it's like, oh, my gosh, everything's going out. of Things are quite short dated. Mm. Everything's going out of date more quickly. More quickly. <laughs> yeah. And and even then, though, I would say and I've seen this on the on the TV that um it is okay to eat things after the sell-by date. There's a, there's a use-by date and, and a sort of sell-by sell by date. date. Absolutely. But even after the use-by date, the best way is to smell it. And mm. if it doesn't smell good, it's probably off. Mm. If it still smells as it should, mm. I would say eat, eat it. it. And I thought these are, these are great. So some of the things you remember. Fish and chips. Yes. Wrapped in newspaper. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so and, and and all that stopped, didn't it? You know, we used to we used to take all your old newspapers to the fish and chip shop. Yes. And then they'd wrap them up in. Well, in you, you know what, what that was? I mean, the word didn't even exist then, but that was recycling. That was yeah, that was recycling of yeah. newspaper. Yeah. Um, and you you took you know, something that was used for one thing, reading a newspaper, and then used it for something else, yeah. wrap, wrapping up your fish and chips in it, and then it would be recycled again after mm. that when you threw it away. I mean, 
there's all these people now protesting about oil and gas and what have you, yet recycling all those years ago, and they banned it because it wasn't healthy, because of the print that came off of the paper. Well, talking about recycling, milk being delivered in glass bottles. Glass yeah. bottles. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was recycling again. Well, of course uh, it was, uh, yeah. Bottles, but of course, lemonade bottles. Oh, oh yeah. yes, the Corona Man, the Corona Man, and yeah. or, or you'd go and buy them, and you take them back and, and get, get a refund. Threepence back, threepence back, and and you know now they're going. Oh, well, we should be we we should be recycling bottles. Well, hold on a minute. Old gits yes. used to. Yes. So don't say the old gits don't know what they're on about. The old gits used to. And we used to get paid because, as you say, threepence back on your yes. own bottles. In fact, did you not used to go and try and find any bottles? Yes. yes. Anywhere yes. at all. Yes. And, and you'd see a bottle somewhere and think, actually, I'm going to take that back to the shop. There's so much waste nowadays. People throw away broken items. So we decided that we would start repairing them. We live in a throwaway world, don't we? Oh, don't bother to repair that. I'll get a new one for X number of quid. That's like getting to bed. People would rather go out and buy a new stuff rather than repair the old stuff. Most people doesn't realise that a lot of stuff can be reused. If I had my own little workshop at home, you know, if, if I can get out and share this with somebody else once I retire, that would be good in the community. We have the skills, we have the time, but we needed some machinery and ambition, Lawrence Weston, done the funding for us, and we got all the machinery we needed. It's great. Yeah, we set this project up to be able to get elder people and younger ones out of their homes. Uh, so we like to get them along here, join in the fun, bring some of their skills if they can, which will help us, and we'll teach them hopefully new skills. The way it works is, is if people have got something at home that's broken, uh, rather than throw it away, take it down the skip, whatever they do with it, bring it along to us and we will try our hardest to repair it for them. Uh, if they don't want it back, then we put it up for sale to help keep money sheds going. Basically, we restore, repair, and then reallocate goods within our community. 80 to 90% of the materials that we use is reclaimed timber from different sources. Uh, timber merchants, where they got off cuts, they normally would throw in a bin and it go to land waste. We recycle them. Not only are they saving money, but they're saving a lot of waste as well. Yeah, sometimes people want to get repairs done because they can't afford to go out and buy new. And sometimes they want to keep it for sentimental reasons. We started off with one session a month, and now we're on to three sessions a week. What we're trying to do is to try and get more people involved. We want to try to show people how to do stuff. It's all about diverting things from landfill, giving people new skills, and creating a community within our area. We love what we do, don't we, Jim? Well, we do. And Jim makes a beautiful cup of tea. <laughs> What a lovely story and it kind of reminds you that one of the most popular programmes on the television currently is The Repair Shop. In fact, I'm pretty sure that you can turn on the television day or night, any time and somewhere they will be transmitting repeats of The Repair Shop. In fact, there are some people that are almost word perfect 
going through each thing. They remember having seen it before. But it is a national fascination. And why do we keep buying new? Um, yeah, it's just something we have to ask ourselves, isn't it? Going back, first of all, before we get on to that, COP26 in Glasgow last year, can you remember what came out of that? No. No, no idea. No. Any okay. ideas? Any policies? Any uh, deals that were done? Anything? Well, I think, didn't, didn't they, uh, from that, were, when they went into it, I may be wrong, so maybe you can correct me on this, we, didn't we have 40% of the world committing to it? And by the end of COP26, 90% of the world yes, had committed right. to it. So I think that, that was a big move, a, a, a oh, big, a, a, one huge step from 40% to 90% for COP26. But it's all very well saying, yeah, we'll but that's fine if we and other countries sign up to that. But there's other countries in the world yes. which haven't done that. And some of them are, you know, are not, and they're, not, big, they're, they're, they're big, big countries. countries. And they're big pollutants. And, and not only big countries, they're big manufacturing yeah, countries exactly like right. China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, we, we, we were speaking earlier that, it, that China is the world's, if you like, the, the world's factory, hmm. isn't it? It's the world's factory. Most stuff is produced in China. Whether we like it or not, it's produced in China. Yeah. And they've not signed up for it. Yeah. And actually, I don't, I can't remember. Oh, I know. It, it was having listened to the old gits and hits. Um, I, for some reason, I was prompted to go and check out the emissions per head in countries rather than the sort of overall emissions. And it was really interesting. Really, I hadn't really ever sort of looked at it before. Um, and I got it from the Worldometer. Have you ever seen that? Mm. Oh, my God, it's fat. You need to look. It's really interesting. It's a bit scary in a way because I don't know where they get all the data from. But basically, it's the Worldometer. So it's like a whole series of dials on everything that's happening in the world so births and deaths so there are these numbers spinning so i think how do they know babies have just been born how are they <laughs> presume, or presumably it's as it's registered and the data comes in from countries mm. very useful during covid to keep to keep an eye on where you know where things were high and low um but yeah they've got emissions per capita per head and so if you take one is like the lowest um India, or in fact, it's naught point something. Um, Congo, I think, has the lowest emissions of all global nations, and it's naught point something. India is one point something. Um, we are not too bad. We're 5.5, and France is just slightly below us, 5.4. And I think probably quite a few of the European nations are, are that much. China is 7.5. The States is 15.5, so three times as much as us. And then when you get to, um, you get to the end of the scale, it's, it's Qatar. Is that how you say it? Qatar? Qatar. 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 Yeah. Qatar. Qatar. Qatar, even. Sorry. <laughs> They're on about 27. I think, what do they do? Do they just fly around all day in their planes? I mean, mm, how do guzzling, they Guzzling petrol. It must be petrol, mustn't it? Oh, my oh, gosh. And it's, it's presumably that a large proportion of the population is wealthy. It, surely it must be but that. Also, there must be a high concentration. But also, it's incredibly hot there. So maybe you basically... Yeah, air conditioning. Yeah. And you get into your vehicle from your front door. Yep. And then you drive to another door. So it's like you don't... You're not... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The other thing I thought about China, right, is... All the factories in China, we buy all the all the stuff, 
So we're complicit in that, in a way. Kelsey Apries. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that I thought that was really, really interesting because, you know, actually, China's not much worse than we are. And India is way, way down. I mean, one, you know, that's it's Poverty's so low. Poverty's got to be a big part yeah. of that, though, hasn't it? You know, the country's really poor. Like the Congo. I mean, the Congo's yeah. really poor. So... Yeah, exactly. They haven't got... A, no, no gas guzzlers there. Maybe the president has one or something, but... Yeah. And yet... So many of those countries are the ones that are suffering most mm. from, from what's happening. And that's what we played a message from um, a farmer mm. in Nairobi on Tuesday, didn't we? From Meshark Sukuku. And he's from a charity in, um, in Africa called the Ripple Alliance. My name is Meshak Sukuku and I live in Nairobi, Kenya. I work as a farming lead with a charity called Ripple Effect, which supports smallholder farmers in East Africa. My work in the organization involves training farmers how to grow crops using better farming methods in the difficult conditions of climate crisis so that they can harvest enough, enough to feed their families, enough to uh, sell to the local market and also uh, earn some income. This additional income is also helpful because it's used to pay school fees, you know, uh, medical care, uh, and also have some reserves to use during, you know, extremely difficult seasons such as during drought and floods. What I want to see from COP27 summit is not just words, not just promises, not just commitments about how smallholder farmers in East Africa can be assisted. But what I want to see is action, action by wealthy countries who have caused this climate crisis. You know, millions of cars and trucks, air conditioners, heavy industries, uh, planes, and, and, you know, name all of them. None of these belong to African farmers, nor do they benefit from them, but they are causing global climate crisis, which knows no borders, and is hitting rural farmers in East Africa in the most brutal way. We all need to act now, don't just leave this to people like me and the farmers I work with to fix this crisis. It is hard. It is difficult. Training farmers um, how to collect rainwater, uh, fix more water in the soil, uh, using drought-resistant seeds is like trying to hold back a flood that is already washing everything down the floodplain. We need to fix the problem upstream the polluting countries to take responsibility for their greenhouse emissions and cut back on them now. Not by 2030, not by 2050, but now. I know that people in the UK also are experiencing many difficulties, ranging from heat waves to extreme winter, and maybe you can see that these are related, you know, disastrous changes in our global climate patterns. But if you have any compassion with people in other parts of the world, such as farmers, Ripple Effect works with in East Africa, I urge you to push your leaders to take action and cut back on global emissions now. And don't take no for any answer. They have to act now. Um, and what I really loved about what he said was it's about compassion. Mm. And how much of it is about greed, money, power, 
oil. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And actually, if we are concerned about what what normal people are experiencing because of climate change, mm. then that's, you know, to me, that's what we should be focusing on. Shona, what, why should which countries, rich countries have to pay for stuff that's happening in other countries? So, because countries in the global north have been... What's the global north? Glo- countries in the global north are sort of what used to be referred to as the first world countries, so de- developed countries, in quotation marks, ones that have went through the Industrial Revolution quite early on, so the US, the UK, Canada... Um, a lot of Europe, Russia to an extent, ones that are doing quite well off financially at the moment, even though we personally are feeling the pinch that our country as a whole is still very rich and we could have a whole separate argument about if why if we're so rich are ordinary people struggling, but that's a separate issue. The thing is we have benefited from a lot of um, colonisation and uh, exploitation and um, taking resources from poorer countries and um, using them to line our own pockets over the last couple of centuries. And so now we are feeling a lot of the benefit from that, but a lot of the countries who we used to um, colonise, we used to invade, are now struggling. And because of international rules, they are really struggling to get their own sort of you know manufacturing industries off the ground because they have to accept and buy in what um, the richer countries are telling them or r- richer countries trying to sell them so it's really unequal um, but basically so the poorer countries particularly ones who are you know more affected by drought or famine or flooding like we've heard ones who are um, more in the danger zone um, are feeling the brunt of climate change because uh, because they're just in the the weather extremes are so much more there. You know, actually, Britain is going to be one of the most protected um, countries from climate change because we're a small island out of the way, so to speak, although the Gulf Stream being messed up is going to affect us. But we are comparatively quite safely protected when you look at some of these countries and the awful famines they're going mm. through. So Countries nearer the equator exactly. in particular. Yeah, so we've, we've kind of benefited from using a lot of the world's uh, resources, but we're not having to feel, we're not feeling the impact as much. And that's why we need to kind of do our bit to protect the countries who are being more badly affected by it. beef um or lamb or, or or anything like that or any red meat for about uh, a little over two years now wow yeah well god that's amazing so yeah it's, it's quite a what that is amazing yeah that's good yeah so it's the i mean it, it, I, like, I don't um out of choice table you just don't like it or no yeah i have choice i've i've i have a steak for especially yeah, when i was yeah. training and everything else like that i i, I had quite a a, a, a big Literally migrating out of meat red meat diet yeah so now it's just it's just a chicken and fish thing that's yeah, yeah. it that's all mm-hmm. I, I go with i've got this kind of uh if i if i wouldn't kill it i wouldn't eat it rule yeah, yeah you're so right and there's um I, I saw a chart the other day where they show since this is this is what it's kind of all about is because the um, the impact on the planet of eating beef is just huge. Mm. It's just out of all proportion to everything else. Yeah, so. mm. and I just like I, I don't miss it. I never yeah. think about it. I never think like oh I really yeah. wish I had this. Uh, but you miss it less and less. That's for sure. Yeah, completely. Yeah, I can now have a fry up without having sausages and bacon. And I'll tell you why. 
big, big discovery. And I, if I'd have had more time, I would have bought in like a vegan Chris, uh, breakfast sandwich, Aww. which I've discovered. Oh, next, next time. There is next, next week. Time. <laughs> show, of course. Um, vegetarian haggis is amazing. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's vegan, actually. And it is so, so good. It gives you that same kind of umami type satisfaction of oh, pork okay. sausages it's really good See, so, next yeah, Friday yeah, show we're, we're talking about food so much I'm actually really hungry now it's oh, good, it's good. Do, you that, do you hear that rumble then it, from it, the side it, of the studio oh it's white bread look at crusty bread oh. I'm sorry you can't have a sausage sandwich oh, just, oh what we're we doing cut that in half and then the, oh. about, thank you I haven't had a sausage sandwich in Oh dear. Ages. Thank you very much. Penny, you're available next Friday for next Friday show yeah, for a Penny, bacon we, we need you in a weekly, actually. Well, I, I can't talk, really, because there's a sausage being put in front of me now. This is a vegan sausage, is it? Yeah, yeah. sorry, excuse me. Okay. So this is the interesting thing. I, I was listening to the radio oh, last this. night, and um, somebody was talking about the... It's the climate impact of meat, basically, isn't it? It's about the yeah. use... Like, particularly in the UK, there's a... I, I'm not going to reel off the stacks, I can't remember it, but there's a huge amount of the... Of the UK's land mass is used to what to like grow food to feed animals, yeah, um, and that impact is massive. If we repurpose that that um, that that land mass to, to to produce food for ourselves, I mean that would that would change things dramatically. Um, and they, just to reel off some stats that I that I heard last night, um, beef and lamb are the highest carbon footprint meats. Followed then by um, pork, followed then by chicken. I, they didn't get into fish, um, but you know, and it's not—it's it, not even about like don't eat it. It's just about be conscious of if you're eating it all the time, and 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 just be, to be able to make a choice about it, really, isn't it? Absolutely. I've just got to add something. I've just tried my first bite of a vegan sausage ever. This is vegan. Like, whatever this, whatever this is, it tastes like sausage. This yeah. is. I can't get over. This is, this is vegan sausage this is so, A. This is sausage yeah. A. My, mind blown. Right. This is brilliant. I promise if I eat you all of this, I might not be um, hungry for the fifth one. So I've got to be careful, haven't I? I think, see, I think you might have shot too soon, my friend. Yeah, but I've never had a vegan sausage in yeah, my life. Yeah, yeah, but don't go, don't go giving it like a nine because you've got nowhere to go from that. I was going to give it higher than that. I'm, I'm going seven out of ten for that one. I'm enjoying this. Okay. That tastes like a sausage. Ten, yeah. Okay, got you. You arrive. I'm gonna go eight. I'm gonna go for eight. Wow, he's going at eight to start. But if I if I think I think you're aiming way too high, mate. I uh, might bring it up to a I'm giving it. A, I'm giving it a five point five. Yeah, but you remember this is this is a new palette. This is brand new. This is, this is like new. a kid yeah. in the sweet shop for me. I'm going. It's all right. Six. I'm going six on that one. Yeah, I think so. I, I found it. I found the uh, overall the texture. Yeah. Was it a little bit? There wasn't, oh, there wasn't much to it. It's a bit just no, kind of like yeah. one. It was a bit soft. bland. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. Oh, I'm totally yeah. totally on the other. Taste spectrum. on the other hand. Taste. There's there's notes of smoke. Uh, I would say maybe some uh, yeah. uh, some genteel apricot and it's maybe nice. a bit of uh, old cupboard. Can I ask what's in a vegan old sausage? Cupboard. Hey, what is in a vegan sausage? Mattresses. Nice, <laughs> really nice that. Nice. Very impressed, Penny. Vegan sausage too is a little bit more like a chipolata. Yeah, the <laughs> first one <laughs> looks yeah. looks like a sausage. It does. Mm. Yeah, the first one that. looks like a give sausage. It's, uh, it was quite oily as well, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. Now you see, it? I wouldn't say that's as good. No. No. Number. No. Oh, no. No. I'm dropping down to a... Penny, Penny. This oh, is a no. four. This is a three. I'm, yeah. I'm a four out of ten on that that's one. That, I don't like that one. No, a, I'm actually going to even leave it. it to the side. <laughs> I'm adding that's, the ketchup to... That's a two to, uh, from me. That was a uh, two. No, I might bring it down to three, that, actually. That, no, I'm that, just playing safe at the moment. It's, like it was disgusting. Um, so, yes, we're going for the third... God, that was horrible, that one. That's really gone... So, in a vegan sausage, you have pea protein, soya protein, along with one or more oils, a canalona, coconut, sunflower, spices, and other plant... 
based additions. Oh, this looks great. This looks awesome. Okay, so this one has got that has got some like um. Oh, look at that! That looks like it's been cooked like a proper. It, it oh. smells lovely. There's some serious it's, mouth washing this, going this, over to my left yeah. here. This one has got um. No, that, is a, that is what we're talking some, about. Some some sort of Darren, herbs going the, through um, it. Can you pass it? It looks as if it's uh, been cooked very well, <laughs> and it's got a nice glisten to it as well. Oh. This is a nice sausage by the looks of it. There's a good aroma to um, it. I don't know if you smell it. I hope the one. taste yeah. is good. See. Number this, one this is reminding me of Christmas looking at this. I feel like this is going to be yeah, a Number one is a firm winner. That I I want to put my up to a nine again. Sorry. That's average to me. Now I think I overshot my uh, my talk down on you, yeah. didn't I? I yeah. think this one's yeah, a lot yeah. better. Yep. This is uh, this is this is This is I've, but this is not my type of taste profile. This That's has got it's actually mass. got like I can taste Maybe herbs four. in it. I can mm. taste oh. some like mm. No, it's a five. It's not very good. It's average. Well, it's really? a bit as well, isn't it? That's average. Sausage three is an eight out of ten for me. I like this. It's a bit al dente. It's got a bit of bite to it. Yeah, definitely. This is the best one so far. Love Bristol. Love BCFM 93.2. Can I ask, do you, do you feel like protest has a part to play? Because we've seen, you know, obviously we had the, the Friday yeah. um, protesting. Mm-hmm. That I know that's a bit contentious if you're at school, isn't it? Because that yeah. means you're disappearing for the afternoon, I whatever. Mean, How do you both feel about protest and whether that's something that you feel able to be involved with? It was quite interesting when Greta came um, two or three years ago because the school was quite positive about that and because quite a few people went down to Park Street to see her and our headmaster was quite, like, Mm. it was positive. He thought it was positive. But I feel like it's just what everyone is able to do. So some people do feel like they can express their passion for the environment through protest. I mean, I don't go to lots of protests. I've been to one or two, but I think definitely it is a way of sort of channeling that frustration that some people might have about the environment into um, action, I think. Mm. Yeah, I think peaceful protest is definitely a powerful tool for change. And um, as much as it is our responsibility as individuals, it's also the responsibility of the people higher up and in authority. And I think protest is a powerful way to get that action to Mm. to take place. Mm. They still have a big coal industry in China, don't they? And their human rights and so on is, is not great and, and so on and so on. But is anybody like um, Just Stop Oil in uh, Extinction Rebellion, Insulate Britain, or you could say Insulate China, hmm. are they going to pitch up in the streets and start protesting? Well, that's, that's where we, I we don't do, think you, so. No. Well, I mean, that's, 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 that's where what they need happen? to go. Well, that's what, but, but you, there's three of us here, and plus our listeners, we immediately know what would happen if they were to do that in, in those countries. Yes. yes. And and why do they why are why are they allowed to disrupt everything in this country without get without any repercussions whatsoever? And the fact is, we we've you know we've signed up to certain things, so we're we're trying to do things as a nation. We're trying to do things. Our politicians are trying to do things as a nation. Uh, but if these countries, as we were saying, are not doing that, so so why not go? As you say, why not go to these other countries and start bringing you know these these things to the fore? Well, we know what happened in in China. What happened in Tiananmen Square when the students yeah. started to protest? Yeah, they you, got shot. You yeah. can you can you can protest as much as you like, of course, in any country. But certain countries have a, have a lower tolerance level Correct. than others. And, and that, I think, is, is the problem, as you rightly pointed out, Chris, is that we believe, and we're, we're, we're saying here, that we are doing what we possibly can. Yeah, we're all helping. We're buying into it. We're trying to help. Maybe we're not going as quick as some people want, but we are buying into it. So why cause problems? Because if, if you're stopping all the traffic, all that traffic is held up. What's happening to the 
the air around those tra- those Don't, vehicles. The engines are still ticking over. They're still over. ticking over. So you're actually creating more of a problem than you're solving. Yeah. I, 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 we saw before you came into the studio, Chris, we were watching a video online that somebody had posted on Twitter and there was a link of a protester on a bridge on the M25 earlier mm-hmm. this week. And she was in tears. Well, crocodile tears. I don't see any tears coming out of her eyes, but she sounded like she was She was very emotional upon high. Very well-spoken, good-looking girl um, who looked quite privileged, to be perfectly honest with you, with the way she was dressed in her clothes that looked like they'd been made in China, to be perfectly honest with you, made of um, fabric, which is an oil-based mm. stuff, and um, trying to justify why she's stopping all the traffic on the M25. Mm. And I, I get her sentiment, which was wants to save the future, wants to save the planet. But I, I would love the opportunity to sit down with somebody like that and actually question their motives. And why aren't they going to these countries or lobbying outside of the Chinese embassy or the Indian embassy in London, for example, mm. if you don't want to go to these countries? And I get that because you have to travel there. Um, why aren't you talking to the people who really are polluting the planet and are not signing up to... Uh, all these initiatives that, yeah. that we are in this country. And, and I think the government here are doing a pretty good job in encouraging companies and individuals to think about the environment. People get very, very upset when people block roads. And now it's getting worse, isn't it? Because people are starting to get out of their cars and pull the protesters out of the way. And I heard this, um, there was a guy called Dr. Patrick Hart, who, as it turned out, is from Bristol. I can't believe so many people are from Bristol when I look things up. He's actually a GP in Bristol. And um, he joined Just Up Oil and was part of a protest, amongst other protests. And he was on Good Morning Britain. Have a listen and tell me what you think. I ask you to think, why would doctors, nurses and paramedics be sat in the road causing this disruption? What causing is it, this harm what is to, it that to many people. What is it that we've identified which justifies those actions? And make no mistake, the issue here is that the climate crisis is killing people mm. right now. This isn't about missed appointments, this is about people dying right okay, now. So, so I, you're more I've concerned a, about a, a group of people the, the, and the planet people, people in this than you country, are about individuals suffering pe- harm as a result of the pe- protest. People in this country are dying, people abroad are dying. I've been a doctor for 12 years, I've worked overseas on the front line of the climate crisis. I don't like talking about this, but I think it's important you hear mm-hmm. this, that I have worked in places where people are already suffering drought, they've lost crops, they're malnourished. Mm-hmm. I've worked trying to treat malnourished children. I've watched them die. I've told mothers that their child has died and I've had to listen to point? their, their the cries of... Th- What's your th- point? That you're desperate to talk about missed appointments and you're not interested in talking about the actual well, issue, which is people dying right now. No, we, tweet. Talk, we do talk I mean, I'm just wondering what you think. Should they be, just, should they be stopping roads? Uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I watched the video footage from the gantry on the M25 of this young... I think she was 24... Um, really emotional um, piece that she did on this her phone. This is the Just Up World protester. Yeah, so they were there yesterday, wasn't it? It was the M25. They were on the gantry. I mean, really dangerous, actually. Um, I am torn. Part of me thinks they're desperate. They're doing this on behalf of everybody. But another part of me thinks it's the wrong people they're hurting. So, So when it comes to things like chucking tomato soup at a Van Gogh. That's, that, that, I mean, that gets 
um, news footage all around the world, doesn't it? And I think that that I thought was really good, actually. And it didn't hurt anything. It didn't, you know, there was a glass covering the painting. There was no damage done. It was just an, it was a direct action that said something. Um, I'm not sure that dangling yourself, you know, as part of a gantry is, I don't think, I, I personally felt like it wasn't the right thing to do. Mm. That particular, I just feel like hitting people driving who actually may agree with them, but it's not. Mm. Mm. So I feel like that sort of action is a bit misguided. That's my own personal mm. thing. But mm. also I think it's an act of desperate people. I think that's it, isn't it? It's like desperation. Like, mm. you know, what can you actually do? Mm. And I mean, Ed Balls on there was talking about democracy. But if you're an ordinary person, the ability to sort of actually access these levers of democracy is mm. just, you know, really, really minimal in this country, like, you know, to meaningfully inputs onto lots of these things is just nowhere. And, you know, you look through history, all these people that we admire now, mm. um, you know, the suffragettes, Martin Luther King, or you know, French Revolution, Haitian Revolution, all these things have happened uh, with people sort of being prepared to take a stand. And, yeah, they inconvenience people in the instant lots of those times they've done a lot more than that so i think yeah a bit of perspective on it is helpful um direct action is very um uh, some people love it some people mm. hate it they've got it. the message out they, there though they have they, about yeah. well a lot of people didn't know what insulation no. was before and so they've definitely done that mm. and i will add as well as you know as as challenging as it can be sometimes no massive changes have happened in any societies without direct action mm. so you know we might very well look back on them and thank them very much for mm. what they've done in yeah. the future i'm jerry cowhig playing classical music as i do whenever it's my turn in this slot i want to talk about earth week actually i don't want to talk very much about earth week i want to acknowledge that this is earth week my colleagues on bcfm who are wiser than me about the environment and the things they are doing, many of them to support the protesters and those who um, I agree with and support whenever I can, who are trying to point out to our present political leaders that it is almost too late now. It terrifies me when I think what is going to happen to this planet. Whenever I think of something in history, whether it's the Romans or, or, or a composer from the 18th century or whatever, I think, well, they lived and walked on this earth Things have happened for 2,000, 20,000, 50,000 years, a million years, and yet it's only in this generation that we've burnt it and it may not survive, certainly may not survive as an environment for all the animals and plants that we have enjoyed, it, or whether for man we shall see. But there is just time if people get their finger out. And um, I hope that Earth Week will draw attention to that. We've now got two final sausages to taste oh, the in the tasting. Road. Still number one's winning by a country mile. If you're yeah. All right, okay. Th this, this one That's looks horrendous. Um, that looks like a um, lamb kebab. I'm going to try it, it, it does look like a lamb kebab. It also looks like 
something I have to gather when I go out on dog walks. It's like a bit of something. You just kind of through it like a three out of ten for me. It's kind of slimy and it tastes like a sage and onion stuffing ball. Yeah, not yeah, that's horrible. Um, one. Not rated. Oh. Here we go. All right, this is number five. This is quite a big one, actually. Oh. What, your sausage? Mm, nice. Yes, very good. Wow. Oh, look at that. That looks like it's been cooked to perfection. That looks like visually a cracking sausage. That actually looks like a problem. Oh, no. Is that our fifth sausage? The spice, the herbing is Can I have a sausage number one, please? That one is really bland and has got no kind of discernible taste to it. And it's got like a real kind of weird tangy aftertaste as well. But the, yeah. it looks like a sausage. It does look like a sausage. Oh, oh dear. It's got a bit of a spice to it at the end, it's actually. Got a kick, but I, I personally think... The I first they're hiding something I'm with that. I'm pretty sure that... Is I'll tell you if that's... Oh, yeah, this is this is the original yeah. sausage. But, yeah, that definitely, which, whichever that one that we all agreed with, apart from Mr. Bland Taste Buds over yeah, there. one of these kids is doing the wrong well, thing over here. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, number one. But I think we were going for number three, which yeah. had the caramel, uh, uh, caramelised onions over overtones. Yeah, that was, that was not... Was that was the third one? The one that you said that you liked? That yeah. was the best. Penny now has the results on where these sausages uh, are from. Are we can do a reverse order. Um, yeah. Number four, that you gave a total score of seven points to. <laughs> Terrible. And that, I was it? surprised about this because my two girls, who've eaten vegan a lot, really like them. Is Richmond's. Really? Oh, right. Yeah. Seven out of forty. Mm. Yeah, 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 that's, a, that's a horrific yeah. number. Yeah. Which one was that? That was um, that was your favourite one, wasn't it, Ed? No, no, no number one. No, come no. on, number one's my favourite. But to be fair to Richmond's, it's not their normal one. Oh. Um, I, I thought I'll get one with just a bit of added flavour, and maybe that was a mistake. Yeah, sage and onion. Richmond's meat-free sage and onion sausages. No, so no. I was surprised, because loads of people really like them. Um, so, Sorry. Okay. Serving suggestion yeah. comes with broccoli, Sorry, carrots, potatoes, gravy, and it's high in protein. Yeah. Oh. Since 1889. Nice. Um, so number two, with 12 out of 40, was, again, another household favourite, Linda's. Linda McCartney. Linda, you've let yeah. us down, Linda. No. Was that yeah. your one? You're right. To be fair to Lin to Linda's, not the classic one, and that was because I couldn't find them. Oh, you're the only about the one that was like all hard and rough and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Next up was Tesco Plant Chef with 15 out of 40, Whoa. which I was really surprised by your reaction. What number was that? Because that was number five. Oh, number five. So when I because when I cooked them last night, I was amazed at how good they were. Yeah, I mean, they looked visually the best so sausage actually. Maybe but taste wise, it was based on taste. It yeah. was abysmal. Visually, yeah, it looked great. And then, I have to say, you were all giving Ed a hard time, but um, <laughs> it was really close between the last two. So, yours, number one, Ed, second. Was, was second. That's all right, I can do yeah, with that. Yeah, but only half a point. 
Only oh, half where's the half a, half a point, point come behind. from? Hang about. I didn't put any half a point in it. That was bottom of my list, yeah, I think. 5. 5. I yeah, 5.5. Yeah, well, no, you but it, it got 27.5 mm, out of okay. 40. And so so that which, what was, was that then? That was um, M&S Plant Kitchen. Yes, always do. Six you. bangers <laughs> with seasoned with black pepper and sage. Oh, my palate is just right up there. So, you don't shop yeah. in M&S. <laughs> you don't shop in M&S. Oh, yeah. You might shoplift from M&S, but you don't buy anything in there. I was really pleasantly surprised by them. Let me take a photo of that. I'm going to keep that. I might have a vegan. You can have that. That, that is, that's one thing I do better. I'll do it with that. You ain't Mark, never going to MLS. Fantastic. Okay. But the clear so, winner. Stella, drum roll, please. Ah, so, was... I'm going to take a photo of them in there, buy them. Sausage number three, mm. which is, this isn't. Have you seen the this isn't? This this isn't pork caramelised onion sausages. That's what the, that's what the brings the, the taste, the caramelised onion. Liked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. When you look at the ingredients, mm. it's because it's... Oh, actually, no, to be fair, it starts with pea protein. Um, but, yeah, it's got more real stuff in. That's nice. Uh, How many points yeah, did that get? What was the oh, point so score? 28. Oh, I'm so close. So you were pipped at the post. Yeah. You can get... I think I bought these in Waitrose, but you can get them in other supermarkets as well. I'm pretty sure of that. Genuinely very, very tasty. Yeah, but they were good, weren't I, they? I had, I had the two of them. I, was, I, asked, <laughs> I asked for an extra. So it was very, very nice. Yeah, very nice. Funny Thank you for doing that, Penny. That's right. much appreciated. Yeah, it was very good. And um, next week, bacon. <laughs> Penny, yeah, so uh, same time next week. On this hour of special, you heard excerpts from BCFM's One Love Breakfast shows, Real Women, Old Gits and Hits, Roma Widger and Jerry Cowhig. I do hope you enjoyed it and I look forward to presenting you with part two next week.